Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey everybody, Rev here. As part of our celebration for our one-year anniversary, we are releasing the first episode of Hero Salad on our normal RSS feed. So please enjoy the first episode of Hero Salad, and if you like what you hear, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thecritshow and join our Patreon, where we put out Hero Salad four times a month. So have a great weekend, and enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Hero Salad. Uh, this is Rev, I am the producer of The Crit Show. Normally it will be Tass doing this introduction, but he and I talked about it a little before and you know, we thought there should be a little bit of a, a segue, a little bit of a safe moment. <laughs> like when you buy a fish and you know, you have to keep it in the bag of water and you're supposed to put that bag of water inside the aquarium. You guys are the fish, I'm the old bag of water and Tass is the new aquarium. So this is the transition period. <laughs> <laughs> where we're slowly giving it over to him for Hero Salad. Uh, so I think you guys are, I think the fish are, are ready to be let free. Tass, if you'd like to, to take it away. And thank you all for joining us here uh, on the first episode of our Patreon content, The Hero Salad. Hi, everybody. So uh, you guys ready? You ready for some action? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So again, welcome to The Hero Salad. Where we ended is you guys woke up in a burning factory after what essentially turned out to be a trap, a failed mission. The place was on fire. There were hundreds of people in there that seemed all transformed, deformed, and just sort of bizarre looking. So you're making your way out. You noticed one of your oldest foes, Dr. Disparagus, a name that you had called this guy um, mockingly for, for years. But he was there. He was, he was in this warehouse. But your powers are gone. There's nothing you could do about the fact that he was there. Um, so all these people made their way out. Most of them took off. They were running. So, you know, they're kind of in the ether, but, you know, police showed up, lots of strike teams and other superheroes and stuff came to help. So a lot of those guys were rounded up and it was very quickly discovered that they were well-known villains uh, or even lesser known villains. But there were a lot of metahumans, like people that were on people's radar uh, that were gathered up and a very fair amount of heroes, too. Not quite as many, but there were other heroes that were not part of the syndicate there. So they were kind of rounded up. A lot of them were shipped off to jail. You know, a lot of the heroes and stuff were were brought back to their homes and brought back to hospitals and then we get into what we're going to call the the dark months 
It's about three months that we're going to talk about here. The warehouse was searched, but mostly it had burned down. They didn't really find anything of use. You know, you guys had noticed some Scarlet Diamond Corporation crates and things in there. All of that was gone. There was nothing really salvageable. Uh, One odd thing that they did find is a deep, deep hole that had been dug in the ground, and it went down 80 or 90 feet straight down, but there's just nothing there, nothing underneath it. It seemed like there had been something dug out and filled in but they couldn't find anything else. It was just more dirt and more dirt and more dirt, and they finally just quit digging. And nothing else interesting was found there. They did actually catch and jail the guy that you were there after, Slaughter. Uh, He was also bizarrely transformed. He had this dark and light green striped skin, and it was all just much more rounded. And that actually... Kind of a viral video went off, spawned this whole media frenzy. Everybody started coming up with nicknames for y'all. Because they had Slaughter, this well-known dude, this well-known villain, with this green striped skin. And the media started calling him Slaughtermelon, (laughs) much to his chagrin. And then they started doing the same thing with all of these other people that they started catching. Obviously, you guys are in the public eye, very well known. Uh, What do you think? Would you have let the media get the jump on you and give you a name? Or do you think you would have tried to jump out in front of it first? And I would absolutely have taken the reins on that. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. Like I, I think that her transformation is relatively slight and she's used to looking like a freak to people anyway. This is just a different color of different colored skin from most people. And her hair is a little different. So I don't think she's that super shook up about the look change itself. So wouldn't have too hard of a time laughing at it. You're really just shifting from purple to red. Pretty much. And then just <laughs> yeah, kind of. hair going from black to green and, yeah. and being a little different. So yeah, I think that I would not have done it myself. I think that these powers are such an important thing to him, something that he did not have for very long. And, you know, he's got such a sordid history with them that I don't think he even paid much attention to how he looked because all he can hear is the silence of the city not being there. Oof. And so I think that his name came from the media or came from social media. Okay. I would be the opposite. Uh, The encumbrance is honestly very much into his looks and everything. And he would probably end up trying to find makeup or some way to disguise this look because he's just not used to this. And especially going bald, he's never been bald in his life. Mm. And so I'd say he probably went into like one of these like wig stores or something like that. Oh my God. Like a a Halloween thing or something everybody's like yeah you look like a cucumber or something like that and all of a sudden it's like oh oh you're the you're the encumbrance oh you mean the cucumbrance ah. uh, yeah. so so what were these names again cinder cinder's going with the cherry bomb okay and the media gave uh the first vine on the fence <laughs> <laughs> really and then like we said one. we hit cucumbrance the cucumbrance yeah, yeah. Uh, and they did the same. Um, I think maybe one of the first ones to take it was that all of um, Beat Cop's uh, GCPD buddies just changed the A in Beat to another E because he's got this red skin and green leafy hair. So yeah, someone really the put Beat that. Cop. They really put that on the T for him. They really did. <laughs> Didn't need much work there. Yeah. And um, Tussler was very upset to be called on Instagram or something the Tussle Sprout. <laughs> yeah, get it. Terrible. <laughs> so you're dealing with these 
three months. Um, you know, I'm going to want to know what you guys were doing. Like Tussler, for example, has lost her innate mutant ability. She was a mutant, but she's still training. She's still living at Syndicate HQ, which a lot of the team did. And so she's training. She's fighting. She's still trying to do things, even though she doesn't have anywhere even remotely close to the edge that she had. Uh, Beat Cop is just still working police work, just kind of as a regular Joe. He doesn't have uh, the strength that he had or the um, supernatural strategic mind anymore, but he's still a big guy and a smart guy, so he's doing police work as best he can. What are you guys doing? What are you up to? Uh, again, like I think I'm I'm looking for ways to like disguise myself or at least to improve my looks as much as possible. So like just going to like Halloween stores, uh, wig stores, makeup stores. Is, Is that like a, a montage of yeah. him showing up every day in a different Halloween costume? Like, yeah. <laughs> does, does this hide the he's, fact that I'm a little cucumbery? Yeah. One day he's like a Roman soldier. <laughs> <laughs> One day he's a cowboy. <laughs> and then I think I'm I, I'm just like kind of well. This is the end of the powers. I mean, I can't just be normal anymore or I can't just do this on my own. I think I'm just going to have to try and get out there and work a normal job as much as possible. So I think he goes back to what he was doing as uh, before he was even turned into a hero. And that was working at a warehouse and just being a regular schmo bored with his life until he found that cult. So. Uh, are you still staying at the HQ, at least for now? I mean, it's technically free housing. It's like, you know, a super nice place in a super nice part of town. Yeah, I absolutely would. But I'd probably limit my talking to people or looking at people or anybody at that moment. Sure. I think that I have started staying at the uh, Syndicate HQ, but only about two weeks ago. For about two months, I vanished, um, and I was brought back into the uh, HQ by Beat Cop. He found me basically on the street that after I had lost the powers, this idea of being disconnected from the city, I think that I went to where the heart of the city is from, that old building, and essentially lived there kind of homeless for two months trying to maybe if there's a penance I can do or maybe it's because I've been too far away from the heart of the city and so living amongst under the bridges and in these buildings and all these old dilapidated places and I think that beat cop saw me a couple times and tried to try to bring me back uh, and finally uh, he was able to convince me that you know this isn't working it's not doing anything come back you know see if there's a different way that you can try to make a difference nice cinder's been putting in the hours with tussler she's been staying at the hq and training like helping tussler train hardcore which is not at all something that she previously did like yeah. she can fly and shoot energy blasts she never cared and she cares more now like she is training because like oh well i want to still be able to do something and so i better actually learn to fight but mostly she's doing it because like she's trying to keep tussler's spirits up like if if all the training if if never stopping is what helps tussler cope then that's what that's what i want to do i want to be there for her to help her get through stuff and like for everybody else at the the HQ as well, like anything anybody needs, whatever their coping mechanisms are, she is around trying to to lend a hand. And I, and I think I sort of pick up on that a little bit as well because, uh, like I said, I'm trying to be almost like loner uh, because I, I really just was so into my looks and how it helped me socially and everything. And so if I had gotten my looks back, I'd probably be more into like training with you guys as well but i'm just like so wrapped up in myself at sure. the moment but thanks for trying 
<laughs> and, you know, for the record, too, in this month, just other things that were going on, you know, this is a just a world of wonders. There are aliens, there's magic, there's all of these different things, and you have connections everywhere. You are, you know, you were the team. So people tried everything to figure out what was going on with you. They tried magical means to heal you. They tried science. They've tried mixing things. They've tried everything they could and for whatever reason can't seem to find. It's almost like there's a missing ingredient from what happened to you that is disallowing them to change it or to change you back. So, you know, you do. You go through these few months and at one point, on the same night, no matter where you happen to be staying at that point, you essentially dream seeing Lady Tarot again. And it seems very similar to when you got the reading before you went out the morning of the failed operation. And you just keep hearing her words. and But she looks different. She's got really weird kind of a deep tan skin that's ridged and rigid. And she's just sort of floating there and repeating some of the things that she said over and over again. Patience is key. Stay ready. Stay together. Patience is key. Stay ready. Stay together. And it is just this over and over and over again. Do you think this is something you'd address? Is it something you'd tell each other? I don't know if I'd talk about it right away, but I think that the next morning I would be at their training. Nice. Like I would, oh, stay together. I would be like, okay, I am going to be physically close to people as often as I can. Nice. Yeah, I think after like sort of seeing this, like, you know, since we haven't seen her in forever, one of the missing ones, I think it kind of, I wouldn't say encourages me, but it definitely puts a little bit more pep in my step, maybe. Nice. Um, okay. So I think maybe I you know, kind of shyly go up to some of my comrades in arms and what's going on, you know, how's it going? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Shooting the shit. I would have been talking about the dream. Yeah. Like the next day when I'm, <laughs> when I'm holding mitts for Tussle Sprout, I'd be like, I had a really weird dream about Lady Tarot last night. And I'd just be like, like breaking it down. Oh yeah. And as soon as he says that, I would be like, oh God, me too. Because nice. that okay. idea that like, oh God, there one of us might still be out there with powers. Sure. And uh, as I'm like drinking like, you know, some coffee or something, I hear it from both of them. I <laughs> spit out like, you know, I do a spit take like, <laughs> wait a minute, hold on. Uh, we, we all three had a dream. The Under same... the back of Tussle Sprout's head. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes her doubly wilt because she's like, oh, I, I didn't dream anything. I didn't dream at all. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. I mean, it's that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. We don't know that it was anything. Don't worry about it. Yeah, fair, fair. And that is um little more than two and a half months after the fact when that happens. And it's so a little more than a week after that that you guys go to bed as normal. You're up, uh, and the the rooms here at the Syndicate HQ are the very top floor actually. And then there's the few floors under that that are like your meeting rooms and the training rooms. And then the rest of this building, it's an entire skyscraper that is literally dedicated to you guys, your ex your exploits and anything you could possibly need. And so that kind of stuff, there's a museum um, that's just about the, the past and the forming of the team. And there's a floor that's like an even more special museum that has, uh, you know, items from the villains you've defeated and things like that. And so just the whole building is literally y'all. So there's one night in particular where you go to sleep again and you see Lady Tarot again. And she still looks bizarre, but she just fixes you all with a grin and disappears. She wisps away. And you all start to feel something inside of you. You feel a warmth. You feel an energy. 
in this dream. And in the dream, suddenly, you're seeing the building from the outside. But at the same time, you can feel your bodies and you can feel that somehow you're a part of what's happening. You see the building start to shift and split. And it starts at the bottom. It cracks up and up and up to about a third of the way up. And it's like legs suddenly splitting. And out from the sides of the building, arms start to split. And from the the top of the building in the penthouse, it bends and reforms and twists and kind of pops up, and the building starts to look almost humanoid. And while this is happening, in your dream first line, you feel like you're melting into your bed and you're melting into the walls the same way that you do whenever you used to slide through concrete or move through the bricks of the of the buildings in the city, and you feel your shoulders shifting as you see the shoulders of the buildings shift, and it starts to stretch and crack some more. Sender, you feel this warmth growing, and it stops being warmth and just turns into pure actual heat. And your body starts to glow, and you can feel that glow. But what you see from this weird double outside view is light starting to spill out of the eyes and out of the mouth of this giant skyscraper humanoid and the greater that that heat grows the brighter the shine grows until it is just spotlights that could hit the moon it's lighting up half the city with this insanely bright glow that's just emanating out of you from your room through the building and out through the windows encumbrance in yours you have a flashback of when you were originally twisted and tricked and the things that you thought you were helping to kill in this ritual that you thought was helping these demons and monsters and creatures that ended up being innocent people, you see these demons again and they start to come towards you, but you put your hands up and you start blasting them away, but more appear and more appear and more appear and they just start rushing out of the room and into the halls and then out the windows and from that double outside view, you see all of these creatures in hordes and dozens and then hundreds and then thousands spilling down the side of the building, crashing down to the to the streets below and spreading all over the city. There's just a roar of this energy from the building, and then it all slowly subsides and sinks into itself, and the demon stops spilling out, the light stops shining, the building shifts and cracks and moves back and starts to settle back into its regular form. You all wake up at once, and you instantly feel it. Your abilities are back. And now, I'm going to roll a dice to decide something. Listen, I've been on the other side of this. <laughs> if he's rolling a dice to decide something, it's probably not good for us, no matter what the number is. One moment. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> vamp, vamp. Music provided by Jake. So you guys are wide awake, looking around your rooms. I think Sender is probably still glowing a little bit. Um. First lines probably actually melted into his bed or into the wall, like a sort of part of it like he used to do. Um, and encumbrance, I'm going to need you to roll defy danger. Because as you wake up, you see a man walk into the room in long, tattered brown clothes, ripped up, muddy with crisscrossing leather straps and steel studs. His face is just a mess of scars and char, and he has a huge rusted sword 
He walks into the room, takes three quick steps, and swings it at your midsection. Oh, God. Uh, I want to roll out of the way and uh, dodge his his attack. Okay, absolutely. Um, so, you know, what we're doing here is one of our first rolls. Um, um, so... I assume you're just going to want to use your maneuver on this because you just need to get out of the way. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So roll plus your maneuver. All right. My, new, my maneuver is at a plus one, so whatever that is, I will add to my roll. Okay. Uh, it's not good. It's a four altogether. It is a four altogether. Oh, boy. Which in uh, your traditional um, powered by the apocalypse form, a, a six and lower is a fail. A seven to nine is a mixed success. And a 10 plus is a full success. Uh, the actual move here, and what I think is very interesting about this game and why, what draw, drew me to it, is um, that depending on some of the moves, they get different things that they can roll depending on how they justify what they want to do. Uh, this one, for example, again, this is defy danger. There's a dangerous thing happening. He doesn't want it to happen to him. So he's going to try to stop that from happening. And his just knee gut reaction was... Uh, to roll out of the way. So for that, I said, you know what? You're going to do maneuver. Um, he could have tried something else. I want to, you know, blast him with energy or, you know, whatever he might be able to do, depending on his powers. And I would say, okay, this might be a different stat. Um, so you try to roll out of the way, mm -hmm. um, but you just don't get very far. I think you're just still jazzed about this new feeling inside of you. And this big sword just cuts into your side. Uh, you instantly not just feel the pain of a, a stab wound, you feel a kind of a burning spreading down your side. Oh, God. Yeah. So, um, and how uh, how injuries and stuff work in this uh, it is based on what we call conditions. There are minor, moderate, and critical conditions. Um, so for this one, you're taking, you're taking a moderate on this. You are, uh, going to have to take a minus one ongoing to any kind of maneuver check that you do for a while. Okay. What do you do? You, you just got sliced. He's kind of taken a step back, shouldered the sword, and he's starting to walk towards you again. I'm going to go invisible. Okay. I think this one's on your power set already. Uh, yes, it's one uh, of my simple moves. Yeah, it's a simple move. There's no roll necessary there, so you go invisible. He kind of stutter steps and stops, and he starts looking around. I'm going to create a decoy on the other side of the room. Nice. Uh, is it just standing there? What's it doing? Uh, it's me, but it's like, he, you know, me injured. Like, okay. I want him to believe that that is the real me at that moment. Because he did cut into me, so he probably knows that I'm injured. So I want him to think I'm, you know, her rabbit over here. Okay, I think that's pretty simple enough. So it's it's more or less just chilling there, though, looking looking hurt. Right. Great. He turns uh, again. This is that's not really move triggering. So he okay. turns with this big old sword, rusty sword, and takes a swing. It goes straight through this illusory you and slams into the wall with a crash and a crack. Excellent. Um, I'm going to run out the door and <laughs> yell, help, help, help. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you're hearing 
yelling down the hallway. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I have the ability to meld through things again, I'm just going to start running in a straight line towards his voice, just melding through walls as I go. <laughs> nice. Probably wake it like it's like a, a 80s sitcom, like Ferris Bueller, like trying to get home, like, oh, pardon me, sorry, you know, running through people's kitchens. And uh, yeah, sure, you get there pretty quickly. You don't see encumbrance, or I guess we're going to just go ahead and s- switch over to these names now. Cucumbrance, uh, you don't see him anywhere. Um, are you going all the way through to his room? Uh, yeah, if that's where it sounds like his voice is coming from. You pop through the wall and you see that same man and he turns and he whirls at the new movement, shoulders his sword and starts rushing. Uh, I'm going to keep my momentum going and I'm going to bring up a bunch of the floor and just try to slam him into the wall. Awesome. Okay. I think this one is a, a takedown uh, and I'm going to have you roll smash on that because you just, you want to hit him, right? I I do. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I really want to hit him. <laughs> uh, dang. <laughs> 13. 13. Okay. So this is our first takedown. Uh, so for this one, uh, on a 10 plus, you get to choose three from the list. Uh, on a seven to nine, you'd only be able to choose two. Uh, there are some of these that you can double up on. For example, imposing a condition, which is our version of damage. Uh, you can spend one for a minor, two for a moderate, or th- all three for a critical. Um, you can take away one of their advantages, which an advantage is any kind of tool that they might have that isn't necessarily a core part of their abilities. Like nobody would be able to just take away Cinder's blasts because she can just do that. But he has a sword, for example. You could take his sword away with that, you know, one of your, your, uh, choose three you're one of your holds okay um there is force a change of location so you get to kind of move them where you want them to go it's a good way to reposition um you can reduce the mob size which if it were like minions and little guys you can do that by one so you're just kind of knocking more out of the crowd and there is taking no harm in the doing okay so i'm going to take no harm and i'm going to take away his advantage so as i charge at him and i bring up this earth uh, or that I bring up this like cement and concrete from the building. Um, when the wave kind of comes back down, his sword is in it and just has gone into the floor. Excellent. So taking the advantage is a choose two, and then you use the other for no harm. So you get it. You do exactly that. And he spins and he looks pissed. He already always looks pissed because of just the crisscrossing of scars and stuff. But you can tell, <laughs> you can tell the shift there. Cinder, what are you doing? Uh, I'm, flying that direction as quickly as possible once I hear all the racket. Okay, yeah, once you start hearing that racket, I think since you have to take some turns and hauls and things that you don't get there quite as quick. Um, so, TJ, you've just kind of run out into the hall, screamed. What are you doing? I'm. Uh, does the building have like a, uh, a first aid station or a, I don't know, emergency medical blah, blah, blah? You guys absolutely do. That one is three floors down. Uh, the floor... Below you is the meeting rooms and the strategy rooms. The room, the floor below that is your training rooms. The floor below that is your med bay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I don't want to leave my friends to fight this guy on my on their own or anything. So I'm gonna try and stay back, and uh, I'm gonna send out uh, a whole bunch of me's into that room, and I want them to. I want him to think that. He's just about going to be tackled by, like, just a ton of me. Okay. Um, yeah, so you're wanting to k- kind of disorient him. You're wanting to 
throw him off his game yeah. is kind of what you're going for. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, I think this is also going to need to be a takedown. Or, you know, I can let you all justify a serve and protect here as well if you're wanting to just put him off his game so that the others can hit him. Um, but if you want to make it more of a a permanent condition that you're putting on him, mm-hmm. uh, you need to make it a little bit more specific if you want them to do something that will literally throw him off balance and cause him, you know, some kind of damage or some kind of... Uh, Okay. Permanent mental um, state. Well, then I definitely want to. Uh, I want to take away his advantage uh, more than anything. Uh, I mean, he's already had his advantage taken away, but I I want him to be able to. Oh gosh, how do I say it? Uh, uh, go ahead. Well, we can go with like force a change of location. Like if you're wanting to kind of spin him about, throw him off to again give them a, a, an actual strategic advantage. Oh yeah, that's definitely what I want. Sure. Do. Yeah. Then that that's definitely takedown. Um, you're using your illusions for that so Mm -hmm. i think that's probably influence okay uh and since i have a minus one is that only if i'm doing only if you're using maneuver to do it oh okay all right just minus one to maneuver so you're good on influence wonderful uh that would be an eight an eight you get to choose two and uh if you want to change the location that's just once um and i get to pick where he goes or twice if you want to pick where he goes uh yeah i want to pick um since i'm not really in the room at the moment and my friends are i'll take my (laughs) illusions and sort of come up back around him on the flank so that way he thinks he's being outflanked and that way he turns around and then that gives his flank to first find so his back is to me yeah 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 <laughs> that's great um you did not pick no harm in the doing so um what he does when he sees these just dozens coming back in he's like he's not ready to fall for this illusory in, uh, cucumbrance anymore um <laughs> so he just grabs under his jacket and he flings bolas in like six directions as fast as he can. So one set of those comes flinging through the doorway and actually does clip around your legs, around your knees, and brings you pretty hard to the ground. Um, mechanically speaking, it's just a minor condition. You're you're tangled up, and it's going to take you a minute to get free. Okay. Um, but he does. He spins around, and the last ones that he throws are kind of opposite from where First Vine is. Uh, I think, Cinder, you've probably gotten here by now. What are you... What are you looking at? What are you seeing here? Um, so I, I mean, I, I kind of fly up outside the door and I see just a room full of cucumbrances and, <laughs> and him facing me, him facing the door essentially. Yes. Because that yeah, first vine has kind of gotten behind him. Um, are there windows in all the rooms? Yes. You said he's got like crossing straps on his chest. He right? surely does. I want to fly directly at him over him and grab those straps and just crash through the window. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I think this is a takedown no matter how we, how we script it here. Um, you gotta be quick though. I I'll let you do a maneuver on this. If you'd rather do a maneuver than a smash, because this is kind of, I would. Yes. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll allow it. (laughs) Uh, 10. Damn, son. You get Ooh. to pick three. What do you, how do you want to play it? 
Uh, so I think ch- two of them for change of location to take him where I want him. Sure. Out the window. And then probably no harm in the doing. Good, good call. Good choice. Um, so easy peasy. He's disoriented. He's turned. He's like, yeah, I got one. You know, he doesn't say that, but he, you know, he's got that like, and then you rush in, crash through the window and you just have him by the straps and you're something like 30 stories up. (laughs) What you want to do? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm just like, all right, let's chill now because if literally anything happens to me, you go splat. He grins and he reaches for a dagger that is under his coat. He pulls it out and he starts to take a swing. I start running towards the window that she just went out of. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I look at first line like with gravity because I'm about to drop this dude and I do. <laughs> and then I jump out after and I turn into the metal of the window and I'm going to try to follow him down and land on him. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god i've got some aggression to work out after having my powers gone for three months all right yep um i think that needs to be a maneuver too because he's just in free fall so you got to sort of keep pace to where he's going and and hit him dead on as you go down is that a takedown with that's maneuver? A, that is yeah okay. that's a takedown nine nice so yeah what what two do you like uh, take no harm in the doing. Cool. And uh, reduce the mob size by one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah. that one doesn't count because he is um, a boss level, so to speak. Uh, so I will uh, impose a minor condition. Nice. Okay. <laughs> because falling 30 stories is a hell of a condition already. It's true. Um. Wow, you just you just conned me, Jake, into like a free mega critical condition, by the way. <laughs> because you're quote unquote I can't make you roll to let go. Like <laughs> that doesn't count. Um so uh yeah, you absolutely let him go. He falls, first vine cruises the whole way and does what I can only describe as the Acme anvil. <laughs> As this body hits the ground and, you know, we all have kind of our movie version in our head of like what it looks like when a body falls that far. It When he hits, it doesn't seem to affect him as much as you'd think it would, but he still clearly is out. And your hit, even even with that minor condition, he's dead. You hit him and he is just caved in uh, from from neck to crotch just (laughs) (laughs) just the worst areas to be caved in (laughs) yes yes um and he's just still got that rictus grin on his face um but he is not moving for the moment um i want to like go through his pockets is like see what (laughs) what is up with this guy what is this who is he see if i can find anything on him or in him i guess now that he's kind of broken yep um, yeah, you find, well, I should, I should make you do, no, not for this. These aren't, these aren't hidden. Um, yeah, you, you do, you go through kind of his pockets and stuff. The first thing that you notice just inside of his jacket, kind of on his lapel is a bronze pin that is a scorpion. Um, 
and the tail of the scorpion is a little skull and it's just pinned there like it's just a elaborate little thing does that symbol look familiar um i don't think it does i don't i don't think it does to you with as new as you are on kind of the hero scene um and the other thing that you find in his jacket pocket is a playing card that has the three of diamonds on it i don't like that and uh you're on the on the sidewalk next to the skyscraper (laughs) Yeah, I I flew down to follow them as soon as, like as soon as he followed and started into free fall, I flew down, and I I just go down there and like cover my hands with my mouth, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> we we did not exchange the look that I thought we exchanged. <laughs> what was your move? I I didn't I didn't have a next one. I just thought you had like a. Oh, I'm going to wrap him in a rock ball or something <laughs> playing next. Oh, my God. Oh, no, that was the drop him and I'll drop on him. I For future. <laughs> <laughs> For future reference. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Is he, is he dead? As you ask this, um, did you take the the pen off or did you just notice it and move on? I think I would have taken it because I was trying to see if I recognized it. Okay. Um, It turns into a real scorpion in your hand. Um, And it just starts to kind of, you know, circle your hand and then just move up your arm and try. I want to crush it. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. You can crush it. I don't think you have to roll anything. Okay. Uh, You crush it. And as you do that, the body just, just falls apart into hundreds of scorpions and they just start scattering in every direction. Oh God, I'm just going to slam the street together. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great Uh, Yeah, roll roll smash on that. It's like closing a book. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. The story's over. (laughs) Uh, Nine. Nine. Okay, yeah. um, I assume you're wanting to just do some conditions on this, right? Uh, just reduce the size of the mob twice. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That uh, sure. Like, because these are these are barely even considered mobs. Good so, Lord. but you know, we needed to make sure you at least got them. Uh, the street slams together, and there's just squishy, icky sounds. Um, and it settles back, and um, all of that goo, all of that stuff, just kind of starts to evaporate. Um, you know, you already know, like, oh, that's that's iconically some kind of magic that let any of that happen, especially with this weird evaporation of the goo at the end. Uh, but his clothes are still laying there, and, yeah. Is All it, the straps. The is, yep. Do they look like my size? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone dark. They have been freshly pressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to inflict a condition on you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he was, he was fairly tall, fairly... Um, yeah, he was just, he was he was just a like a Olympic level looking dude in every way, but the face, the fa- <laughs> but the face, yeah. <laughs> and you know, now that you think about it too, I think it's pretty easy to go. That's just that whole thing, that whole exchange is weird because, with the exception of this weird scorpion stuff that just happened, he didn't really do anything superhuman. He didn't really do anything particularly metahuman at all. Um. So yeah, just that. That might be something that might pop into your brain. 
Uh, you guys are down on the street. What are you doing? I guess I'm taking the stairs. Yeah, I'm. I'm f- like, oh, oh, encumbrance, and flying straight back up to go check on him. Yeah, sure. I'll actually go into the like the side of the building and go back up. Um. So yeah. Okay. You go up. You guys go up there, and um, you actually. Again, I I want to give you guys more stuff to roll so I can explain these, but these are too obvious for me to give you rolls yet. So mm-hmm. I just want to preface that, that there's just some easy things. Uh, you notice actually a few more things on the ground. For example, the bolas that he threw, um, and he dropped a couple of daggers when he got hit on the way out. And there's actually a um, a little set of syringes on the ground as well. Uh, I guess I'll collect all that stuff and take it with me. Sure. And I've, by this time, cut those bolas off my legs and everything and i'm making my way down to the third floor or the lower level uh health spa sure i assume it's a spa (laughs) yeah it's a spa and hospital i guess (laughs) um so yeah there's all sorts of stuff there i don't know how medically trained you are but um there's no staff on hand or anything or is that it like a robot arms that just take care of us yeah no again this was like the the general um you know, kind of med bay that you guys would use when you absolutely needed it because you had divinity. You had, you know, a woman that was literally healing you when you needed it and and knew, had all that information. But as regular Joes, even looking funny, just there's been no need to have anyone here to heal you of things because you haven't been able to be in fights. So gotcha. It's just an apartment it, building. <laughs> it really, it is, it is the tallest three- Three person, four person apartment building on the planet. It is a superhero <laughs> flop house right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, I'm going to look for like any kind of, uh, I don't know, healing spray or something like that. I can just <laughs> shoot. I mean, this is a world of magic and technology. I assume there's some kind of like gel I can just shoot sh- into my body to like make it better. Sure. Ready whip. Roll, uh, roll investigate. Okay. <laughs> He's just shooting ready whip into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that one again. We had a crooked. There we go. Um, that would be a seven. Uh, a seven. So you get a uh, well, one question on here. What here is useful or important? Okay, I think you wander around here for a while, and um, you know you're looking for things, and there's you know things to like seal up the wound and all these different things, but you notice a couple of things. Um. I'll, I'll give you that, you know, you did, you get, you got cut, but it wasn't really super deep. It was more of a, a long slash along your side and the blood and stuff is actually kind of congealed way faster than you think it should. And there's some green kind of spreading there. Oh God. Um, so I think you go, you go around and you don't really find anything that you know for sure will work. Um, but you do reconvene with, um, well, cherry bomb in first line, and you see that he's holding in his hand this leather pack with some syringes sticking out. And what you see on that is three of them, of these five syringes, three of them are marked with a skull, and two of them are marked with just the like little red cross symbol, the little normal like hospital symbol. Um, I'm not one to just put needles in me from some strange guy who just, you know, try to kill me i assume but I sense a butt coming but 
it seems like I should probably go ahead and use those red cross ones. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to stick that into the wound itself and just I'm just going to stick that into the wound itself and hit the, the plunger on the syringe. And as he's doing that, I'm kind of just contemplating out loud. I'm like, man, if I was some assassin, I would probably mark my poison as the healing stuff and vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you instantly feel better. Um, the wound doesn't seal up, but again, it was just a slash. Um, but the green starts to fade even as you're looking at it. Good. I'm just going to go ahead and clean the wound itself, you know, with some rubbing alcohol. Not and, bad. And, <laughs> you know, no, not bad. Not okay. bad. That's not a bad call. Yeah. <laughs> good, okay. Good on you. Um, I'm going to bring the sword out from the ground and kind of lay out just all the things that we have found. The sword the daggers the bolas you know what's left of the needles and just kind of show them to everybody like does this look familiar to anybody anybody seen anything there was a, like a scorpion with a little skull face for a tail on his chest yeah i i don't think you guys know anything about any of this just off the cuff because again for the most part you're you know you're the you're the newbies on the team you've been with the team for a while but you haven't been around this city for years and years and years and years and years to know every possible weird assassin or villain that there is. Um, are Tussler and Beat Cop in the building tonight? Yeah, at this point, uh, Beat Cop is not, but Tussler was. And at this point, she has come out and she is looking around like, what, what is going on? Uh, we got our powers back. What? Did, do you have your powers back? No, no, I, no, I, I don't. I Did think... you, have you, have you tried? Well, I mean, I. Do some cool shit. I, I mean, I guess I can try, but I mean, I don't feel it. I think I would know. I think I would feel it. And she like sort of test does a cartwheel and it just is the most basic ass cartwheel you've ever seen. And well, she... I just start like clapping immediately. I'm like, yeah. Like a cartwheel where the, like the legs are still in the L position when they're over her head. Like, out. <laughs> uh, and she has definitely started just calling you cherry by now, like almost mockingly at first, but then she kind of got a taste for it. And she's like, that's funny. Um, Shut the hell up, cherry. And she just kind of slumps to the side and she's just kind of sitting there contemplatively thinking. Uh, Well, yeah, I'm not going to let her linger on it then. I'm going to be like, hey, we fought a... a- scorpion assassin man do you know anything about that or any of his stuff here oh what he, and she's looking she's kind of coming over and glancing yeah he turned into like a thousand scorpions when we thought he was dead what did he look like uh he looked like he was like really muscular and he was wearing just tattered clothing but his face was all scarred, scarred? Up. yeah oh shit um okay and she kind of walks over and she picks up the sword in particular and she looks at it and she studies the edge and she just very lightly touches it and, and she shows you her hand and there's just this green sort of liquid on her finger. You guys are really lucky you got your powers back when you did. This was the dead scorpion. I don't... Well, now. <laughs> <laughs> So you you got him. He didn't get away. You you got him. I I don't know. He I mean he melted into like a thousand scorpions, and I slammed the road. And smushed. Yeah, a I bunch tried of to them. smush them all. I don't know if oh, any got away. That's sick, dude. That's and I love weird. it. No, I've I've never heard that. Um, Wait, what did you hear? Well, 
he I thought he was a myth, but like he, a lot of people talk about him. He's one of the best assassins that's ever lived because, well, he doesn't really seem to have much in the way of powers, but he shows up, he tries to kill you, but more often than not, he just gets killed. And people think, okay, well, no skin off my back, I got him. And then when your guard goes down, he's back a week, a month, a year later, and and he gets you. All right. Good to know. Yeah, he had a pin on, and that pin turned into a scorpion, and I, I smashed that. And then his whole body turned into scorpions. And did they get away? I, I don't think so. I mean, do I think that... You're pretty sure you got everything. You, you're pretty sure you smashed it all. Yeah, I mean, I, I closed the road like a book. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I again, I it, he's been rumor more than anything, but just the poison, the rusty poison sword, and the, you said the scorpion guy, that... That's the fairy tale. That's the the myth of this guy. So, I don't know. Maybe if you got all of those, maybe that did it. Do we have? Is there an armory? Do we have like an armory, like where things are crafted? Or, um, I would say you do because um, Beat Cop and Sharp Shot in particular use a lot of tech. Mm-hmm. Um, so they probably do a lot of engineering and and they build a lot of cool stuff. Like if we have like a forge. Or something, and I know of it, I'd be like, maybe we should slag his sword just in case. Just turn this into nothing, so even when he comes back, he doesn't have his his neat weapon. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah, I like that. Yep, and then maybe this uh, healing stuff, we should probably... I don't know. I'm sure we've got like a, a lab around here somewhere. We could probably, or at least we could probably know somebody with a lab. We could probably get somebody to, you know, make more of this just in case this guy comes around. Yeah. I assume anybody from the vigilant could probably do that. Um, we know lots of people. Great. I'm going to take the, the last vial of the, the healing stuff and just Oh, oop, oh oop, no! Oop. Oh. Drop it out the window. <laughs> Drop it out the window, ding, right? Ding. Uh, no, I'm gonna go ahead and put it into a a, a safe, um, you know, Tupperware dish. <laughs> <laughs> you like transporting a kidney? Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I don't know if this will come in handy later, but uh, and I'm gonna take the two vials of poison, and I'm gonna go to like the door frame of the room that we're in, and just meld them into it. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Nice. nice. Um, I'm thinking back to Jake's idea of just having weapons stashed in all of his walls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know, uh, uh, Cherry, with your, if you've got your blasts back, I bet you could melt most of this down yourself. Oh. Yeah, good point. Yeah, let's let's go. And she takes you down to the training area because you've got chunks of this that are like power dampening and not necessarily like there's almost nothing that can just completely neutralize abilities, but it's at least places that you can train more safely. Um, so she just stacks it up in a corner of one of the power dampening areas that won't obliterate the building. And just hey, kinda... wait, wait, wait! Before you do that, and I'm gonna hold up the three of diamonds. This was on him too. And we know what a red diamond stands for. Like, I don't care how young we are. We've seen this. If somebody hired this guy to, like, come after us, 
maybe being able to look like him wouldn't be such a bad thing. Oh, yeah. Good point. Let me just put on his trench coat and I'll blend right in and I'll go <laughs> infiltrate the bad guys. I guess I didn't necessarily mean <laughs> you. No, he didn't mean you. He meant me. Maybe the one who can look like anything. Oh, you mean like this? And I immediately change into him. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay, be careful. It's sharp and poisoned. <laughs> can you can you make an imaginary sword? Whoop. Yes, of course I can. Yeah, okay, slag it. <laughs> All right. She just kind of crack crack my knuckles and focus, like do like a wide burst on it and then just kind of focus it in bit by bit to sure. melt it down. Yeah, it, it can't really defend itself. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, it's fighting back. <laughs> I, I just do that. Ah, ah, like, like I'm being strangled with one hand. Ah. So is this just like a hot pile of metal now? It's, yeah, metal and like some of the leather of the, uh, of the bolas is like, just melted and gross and I'm going to go over and use my minor matter manipulation on this metal. I'm going to make like a hammer oh, out of it. Oh my god. And you know there's just something about maybe having this handy. Nice to have a trophy from our first day back. Yeah. And I'm going to make it look like the hammer that um pillar used to summon. With out of rock, absolutely you do. Um, so yeah, you can add as an advantage that you have now a, uh, a metal big old goddamn hammer. <laughs> um, so you guys are melting this stuff down. You're taking stock of your abilities, and the phone rings. Whose phone? Uh, the actual like. There's a line just in the building. Here, I'm making this. This is just, here's some horse shit that I'm making up as we go. Uh, <laughs> we should probably explain for some of the younger listeners what a landline is. <laughs> yes. No, it's not even that. Oh. This is the, like, the all call that in any part of the building that you guys would be at for, like, a, hey, the mayor's calling because Godzilla's attacking or whatever. The hotline? Like, the hotline that any of you could voice control is, like, Answer now, you know, it will do it and you will hear the voice and everyone you know, oh. in the room knows. So that starts kind of buzzing through the building. Answer it. Hey, hey guys, are you okay? And it's Beat Cop's voice. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, we got a, our, we got our powers back. We got attacked by the dead scorpion. We Whoa. made him the really dead scorpion. What? We melted all his stuff into a neat hammer. Holy shit. It really happened. Half the town saw the the building split. Holy shit. Um, well, uh, there's not much to do down here at the moment, but if you guys want to get down to the prison as fast as you can, do it. You weren't the only ones to get your powers back. Oh, no. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to change back into myself, obviously. Oh, good God. <laughs> <laughs> He's just hanging out as Dead Scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, sandwich. You guys want to, you know, get some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you guys make your way there as fast as you can. You all have your kind of various uh, travel abilities. And, um, you know, you pick this stuff up. It's been months, obviously, but you just, it, it almost feels like no time has passed. You guys really are starting to feel 
pretty good. Everything is a little more subdued than when you had it. Like, you still obviously aren't going to be at your peak, but, you know, you get there fast, you get there kind of confidently. Um, there are superheroes all over the place. Uh, there's police and SWAT and everything all over the place. Uh, but for the most part, it looks like the action has died down already. Uh, you see Beat Cop hanging out by a big SWAT truck, and he is just decked out in body armor and a big shotgun and stuff, and his old um, crazy-looking tech baton, and he is just chain-smoking, waiting and looking for you. Um, what, what happened? It was, uh, it was all of the ones like us. They just got their powers back all at once. Slaughter, <laughs> Slaughter Melon led the charge out of there. I mean, to him, just the walls are paper, you know, we, we threw him in here thinking it'd be fine because he was depowered like the rest of us, but... I told him, damn it, god damn it, I told him that there was a chance this could happen and we still needed to keep all of these assholes in max security, but but here we are. And he gestures and you can see just holes in the walls of the prison all over the place. And, um, you know, there are a few that have been sort of pinned down and are getting dragged back in and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's clear that whatever happened here happened fast and they got out. And so beat cops nodding at all that, you know, they spread. I mean, it had to have been 60, 70 of them. Oof. I wonder how many of us got our powers back. Did you? No. Where's Tussler? She's still back at headquarters. She, she didn't get her powers back. Ooh, so, so far it's three on 70. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there are a few other supers around town that I haven't checked in with because they, you know, they were... C or D team at best, you know, they, they were just kind of street heroes that got nabbed. So, um, I don't know. We, I'll, I can try to follow up. That's a good point. I'll, I'll try to follow up and, and check on any of them, see, uh, what's happened on that side, but slaughters out, killers out a whole bunch of them, man. Um, and we've been getting, we've been getting weird reports. Um, you know, I assume, uh, Candyland's probably where some of them went. And you guys know most of the town. You know, you guys are pretty in 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 depth with, you know, all the kind of hot spots. Uh Candyland is a notorious club that actually is the one and only true neutral depowered spot in the world, as far as you know. Um nobody's really sure exactly how it exists. Nobody's entirely sure who even runs it. Um, but there's almost always people working there. There are bouncers, there are waiters and bartenders, the whole nine yards. It is fancy as hell. Um, and it's always got like celebrity DJs and and just the, the newest music and um, all the coolest shit in it. And when you walk through the doors, your powers are gone, no matter how you got them. Um it's probably run by Leonardo de Apricot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another minor condition that yeah, I'm going to yeah. inflict. Um, so yeah, I, I almost guarantee there's some of them hiding out there because that's the only safe place they can go, but uh, none of the smart ones are going to be there. Um, 
I don't know, a few other parts of town that we could check, but I don't know. I don't know, guys. Uh, we just need to track them down. We had one guy tracking slaughter for a while on comms because he was just bulldozing through the buildings, but man, he there was a there was a gurgle, and then we haven't heard from him since, and God only knows where he is by now. Oh, jeez. Uh, was anybody else hurt around here? That you know of? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a few, but, you know, they've been carted off. We've got some healers over, and the rest of them are being taken to the hospital. But for the most part, they just scattered. They just plowed through and scattered, man. Okay. Uh, I've got this uh, syringe of, I think it's some kind of healing uh, extract of some sort. Can you make sure that the Vigilant gets this, so then that way they can uh, uh, extract it and uh, spread it around, maybe give it to some of the local hospitals? Uh yeah, sure, absolutely. Make sure it's Take safe it. for use. Yeah, yeah, we'll have some guys analyze it, and he takes it. Great. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have much. I'll, I'll try to get a list of uh, those other heroes for you guys, and, um, you know, we'll keep the feelers out if there's anybody else spotted. Um, but but that that's all we got. And now this is a point, too, where... Um, I just want to throw some some things out because it's been a little bit since we've done uh, what is essentially the the true intro or the prologue. Um, you guys did see some stuff, and um, you know I'm going to give you a chance to kind of explore here what you guys want to do from here. Yeah. Um, you know when you were in that building, you clearly saw Scarlet Diamond Corporation, which for all intents and purposes is an upstanding business. Um, but you are pretty sure is doing shady, shitty things. Uh, you saw crates with their stamp on it. You have the description of two metahumans that were there the day that you woke up, and you know that people also hide out in Candyland. Um, obviously, you have a little bit of information on Dead Scorpion, and then again, those just those descriptions of the other two metas that you didn't recognize. Um, so one of the other really cool abilities that is in this game that I'm not necessarily saying hey use now because i want you to go where you want to go what really kind of strikes you um but there are what are called the special moves um one of which is just gather intel and i love this move because this is a way when you're just in the weeds and you're not sure which way to go that you can kind of check on a hunch or check on something that you're hoping to get more information about and how you want to go about that will dictate which uh stat you get to use like if you want to use smash because your smash is really high, you're going to go out and like rough up the, you know, the dregs of, of villaindom and the gangs and stuff and just beat them up until they tell you what you want. Or if you're really charismatic, then you get to roll your influence to charm them and try to get some information and so on. Um, so that is always on the table for you as well. Um, so I want to show Beat Cop 2 the, the card, the Three of Diamonds. Um, and tell him, you know, this this was on um, Dead Scorpion. Oh, shit. Look familiar? Yeah, no surprise there. Um, so why, I guess the question is, would they want to kill us? I mean, we, unless somehow he knew we were going to get our powers back or something, because he didn't go after you, at least so far. No, no idea. And why three? That's weird. I mean, it seems like, you know, <clears throat> he knew that 
everyone was going to get their powers back and maybe he was just sent to the headquarters to start cleaning up the syndicate before we could regroup, you know? Maybe he didn't know how many of us were going to get him back and he just picked one and... Or maybe he did and I'll tap the three and point at you, Encumbrance, and myself. Oh, well. Damn, I don't know. I don't know how he could know that. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, shit, I was the one that took the pictures of all the Scarlet Diamond stuff. Of course, that phone was long gone by the time we all woke up. We've we've had surveillance on that building 24-7 since the day we got out, and nothing. They're squeaky clean, man. Maybe we should uh, head back and do our own investigation of that building. Oh, God, of the Scarlet Diamond Corporation or of the warehouse? Both. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys' guess is as good as mine. I'm, I'm doing what I can. I can keep the feelers out and I can keep, you know, some eyes out. And I'll, I'll try to get you some information on uh, the other people that were transformed, see if they got powers back. But just, you got to know, there's uh, there's some dangerous people back on the streets now. So stay sharp out there, all right? Um, and I think before, like, if we're going to break off from him, I'm going to offer to spend a little time and help close up the walls nice if they don't have somebody that can that has that power set for sure yeah there doesn't really look like there is there are people kind of cleaning and stuff but not really doing any of that so i i think you expedite that a huge amount getting okay. at least the uh you know the main parts of the walls that keep people in and yeah. all that and um so yeah that probably takes you an hour or so to really get everything solid and because i mean we gotta have some place to bring them back if we find them and uh, it's about 4 a.m. by now. Right. And I think like, you know, while he's doing all that, I'm actually doing physical labor with the with the other people on the street and everything trying to clean up. Nice. Just because I don't really have any environmental moving abilities except these two mitts. (laughs) But but the amount that you care about the environment is moving. (laughs) Yes, it is. Oh, thank you. I know. (laughs) I just imagine him being... The man who once told me, the world is my trash can. (laughs) But that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. I've I've learned since then. He was a young man back then, filled with hopes of polluting the world. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine him just turning around like, oh, I already fixed the whole prison, and he just makes it look pristine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, okay, so what what are you guys thinking? What you got a lot of leads. You have a lot of directions to go. What do you want to try? You can I'm, you can split up. You can all check a hunch together. You can uh, do whatever you think seems the most important in this moment. Um, <clears throat> I would vote that the first thing we do is go to Candyland and pick up any of the dummies and just get some of them back in jail. You know, the more of them we can just get right back off the streets, and we know some of them probably went there and were stupid. They can't be lieutenants or henchmen for any of the smarter ones if they're back in prison immediately. And you do, I think you would know that it's a crapshoot there, that, you know, you walk in and you're just suddenly people. Um, So you could try to drag somebody out, but it is just literally going to be fisticuffs to do it. Yeah. And on one any given night, it could be 200 villains and a superhero, or it could be vice versa. But we can go and we can 
see who's there. Yeah, yeah. And like know, all right, these people escape. This is where they are. And, you know, catch them on the exit. Yeah, yeah, for over sure. Over the course of the next few nights, set up stings or something. Mm-hmm. And just so you guys know, I won't be able to keep my illusion of the dead scorpion there. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. I, I didn't know if yeah, that I mean, was that, a plan that, that we wanted to infiltrate. Maybe it's just connected to the uh, Scarlet Diamond. Like if we go right. make, have you report into the Scarlet Diamond somehow. Gotcha. All right. I mean, I'm I'm sig- I'm open to suggestion. Uh, really, the only other thing that I can think of is going down the path that Slaughter went. Like, has anybody found the guy, the Gurgle guy who just went missing? Nobody's checked in yet. We've sent a few people to look, but nobody's checked in yet. So you keep sending people that direction, and no one gets back. We only sent two. We sent two invulns in that direction, just because you know we think they have the best chance of. Uh, Staying safe, if not keeping up with him. The first guy was a speedster, but yeah. Hey, um, speaking of speedster, I remember when we woke up, there was a guy there dressed all in blue, and he moved like a flash. Yeah, the the guy with the scales, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw him too. Do you have any idea who that is? No idea. Yeah, I, I, I've put some stuff out on, on those guys too, but I mean, we try our best, but people don't talk to the cops. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have, if Candyland's where you want to go, I don't think I've got a better suggestion. You got anything encumbrance? No, I think... What we've got is clear paths, and we just need to make a decision as to which way to go. I say Candyland, too. All right. Let's go walk into the lion's den. All right. So uh, you guys going straight there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah very yep. good. Um, so it's about probably 5 a.m. by the time you get there. This is in the district called Lockhaven which is just renowned as the entertainment district. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, um, but it's very split. Uh, it's two levels because part of it is all at the bottom of a cliff uh, along the river that goes through town. And part of it is at the top of the cliff where the falls are. Um, so the bottom is more basic entertainment so there are just movie theaters and like putt-putt golf and random things like that it's essentially the cheaper stuff and then uh, up on the top level by the falls that whole strip and all of those blocks are the much more high-end type places and uh, it's in the back corner of that uh, that you know where Candyland is located Uh, you walk up to the main doors and as there always are are two big-ass dudes in pristine black suits. Um, Like, you want to say, oh, they're twins, and people even call them the twins, but, like, there's identical, and then there is a copy. And everybody almost jokes about it, like, okay, who, you know, who cloned you or whatever it is, because it's just, they're just too much exactly alike. Um, And they're just standing, arms folded, uh, they look you up and down, and they actually look a little startled. And one of them reaches over and pats the other and and motions with his hand, and the other one sighs and puts a $100 bill in his hand uh, glumly. And the other one kind of grins and nods and says, 
Uh, you guys are uh, a lot earlier than we thought you'd be. Uh, do you have the hammer with you? Yeah, I imagine I would. You'd say, yeah, give me the hammer. Any other weapons? Anything? Anything concealed? I just, I like puff up my chest and I go, I am the weapon. They both kind of chuckle and it's just way too exactly in unison, <laughs> you know? And, uh, he opens a vault and you guys have probably seen this before. If you've ever come in, um, it's just this, like a, a weird drawer in the wall that he opens up and it's black and it's not just dark in there. It's like an inky black, nothing he says, ah, just slide and slide it in there. You'll get it back on the way out. Yeah, I will. Okay. And they open the door and you just hear bustling music. I'll go in. Yeah. As I walk in, I take on the same dress as the the two twins. Okay. Uh, so you do that as you walk in, and the second you walk in, it just fades away. Right. <laughs> and then I kind of, you know, just do the Aww. sort of Charlie Brown sad walk. <laughs> um, and and you guys... he wishes that he had remembered to get dressed before we left. <laughs> <laughs> He's just still in boxers. And... Um, and you guys do, as you walk through this door, you feel it. it it's a very distinct, like, it's like you're walking through a, a bubble that you, you know, make with soap or whatever. Um, and just the abilities that you've just gained back and make you feel so good to have back are gone again. Um, this feels more like a switch was flipped more than that, like ripping away, but still they're gone. Um, I have no doubt that Cinder has been to this club before. Like, sure. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think she's like super put off by that. Like I think her and Tussler, probably come here on the regular because they know it's a place that they can get in fights and it's with bad guys and they deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think she just walks in and is like grooving and dancing immediately as soon as we're in the door. Awesome. Uh, so it's kind of a long hallway down and the longer you go, the more you hear the music kind of building and building and uh, you walk out and you see um, that you're on essentially a second floor and this second floor is a big giant square that goes around um, the first floor below it. So there's just the middle is open and on the floor that you're on, just dotted periodically like in the corners and in the middle of these long areas are just bars and, um, you know, cool little spots to like nooks to hang out with the just really fancy um, circle booths and things and um, people walking back and forth serving drinks and just all sorts of crazy looking superheroes hanging out. Um, and on the dance floor, it's just packed and people are dancing and grinding and all that good stuff. And um, as you break the hallway and you actually get out to this section, uh, a guy comes running around the corner to you and you also recognize him mostly just from the news and and kind of from your past. He looks different from your past because in your past he was uh, another villain that everyone just called Killa. And he's kind of a smallish dude, but he always had big hair and like a bare chest and just bandoliers crisscrossing his chest, uh, camo pants and combat boots, and is just covered in guns. But he was also there when you guys were transformed. And now his skin is this weird pale white, and where his hair was in his head is now these thick stalks and instead of hair at the top, it's like all of these little buds that just cover it. And he blatantly just 
He looks like a cauliflower man. The news, of course, jumped on this, calling him Killiflower. <laughs> and he runs around the corner, and he like he's looking for you, and he spots you, and he's like, ah, oh, there you are. Yeah, you guys got here way early. I lost 100 bucks. And he looks around and uh, doesn't really see anybody else kind of noticing you, and he starts motioning, like, this way, this way. Come on. Wait, should we come back later? Maybe you'll get the money back? or I mean, could you? No, they already saw you in the cams. Damn. You had me, man. That was good. Oh, you almost had me. And he just turns and he starts heading down a hall. I'm going to look at the two of them and shrug and follow. Yeah, I will return that shrug and also follow. And I'm thinking, why aren't we getting any of this action? <laughs> and I'll follow. I, do, you, do you say that? No, but I'm thinking it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Uh, so you guys follow him and he, you know, cuts through all the busy areas and cuts down another hallway that's marked VIP. But the guards standing there just, you know, very quickly pull the rope up, let him and let you pass. Uh, he goes down through a series of other hallways and gets to pretty much what is the very last door. Um, I'd say it's safe to say Cinder's probably been back here, too. I mean, again, being in the biggest hero group in the world. She's a VIP. You know, they they know her. They've let her come back and hang out. But you've probably never been to this room because it always seems taken. This is the end of the hallway, big set of giant double doors. He uh, opens those up, and this room is gorgeous. It's huge. Um, there's like a dais with uh, a bunch of booths and things on one side, a whole full bar on another. There's a big grand piano and a guy sitting there playing. Uh, there's scantily clad waitresses walking around. And there are half a dozen or so other people that you kind of vaguely recognize as people that were transformed in the incident. And sitting up on the main booth by himself on the dais is another figure that you recognize. Disparagus is sitting there in a pristine white suit, smiling at you. He raises his glass and says, Boys and my lady, I have a proposition for you. Salad is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello! Contact Day is in but a few short months, which means it is time to begin preparations for the Bidecennial Festival. This year, we are celebrating every one of you living in my beloved Windfall City. It is not our business to question the Queen's will. It is not our business to do anything but follow it. It is you and your loyalty that has laid the groundwork for this incredible utopian society that we seek for. Do you have any idea what's going on with us? It is the duty of each and every one of you to do everything you can to make the festival a success this year. Are you ready? To speak kindly with me now, child. I have no doubt that this year will be one for the history books. 
and that will be due in no small part to the dedication of my adoring subject. Windfall, a dystopian science fiction podcast from Rogue Dialogue.